Welcome again to the Unified Trust Underfoot Podcast, where we attempt to unpack, uncover, and illuminate financial planning and investment-related topics. I'm your host, Kevin Avant, Managing Director of the Wealth Management Team here, and I must say I'm thrilled to bring you today's episode. Normally, you know that we talk about uh, capital markets on these episodes. We talk about what our views are, the stock market, our outlook, certainly a lot of financial planning-related topics like retirement planning, estate planning, tax planning, things that are important for our listeners. And we always try to bring those things to you in a very unbiased and objective way. And it's very intentional that we don't talk about unified trust, although I'm sure we do put in a few plugs here and there. But it's very intentional that we don't spend um, all this time talking about, you know, unified trust and sort of making it a a unified trust commercial. However, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, We are going to spend the majority of of our time talking about our company because in the last 30 days, we've had a pretty major event in the life cycle of our company. So joining me to do that is none other than our founder and chief executive officer, Dr. Greg Kasten, making his debut appearance on Under the Hood podcast. So, Greg, thank you for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. And how is it that we've been doing these for, gosh, I think over two years now, and somehow this is the first time you're you're on it. So who's the captain of this ship? Well, apparently you are, because this is the first time I've been invited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, we'll we'll have to make this a more frequent occurrence, so... Sure. So obviously, as I mentioned, in the last 30 days, uh, some pretty significant news came out. We announced that we had decided to join forces with another trust company, American Trust, which has offices in Memphis, Tennessee, and Dubuque, Iowa, and now Lexington, Kentucky. And it's a subsidiary of a larger uh, corporation called Edgeco Holdings. And so I, I wanted to take some time, and obviously this is probably a, a very incredible time for you of sort of mixed emotions. On the one hand, you probably look back with a bit of nostalgia and, and, and reflection on how far we've come from starting in your basement 35 years ago, just a one-man shop, to today. And certainly, on the other hand, uh, a lot of excitement to where we are now and what the future looks like and sort of taking our company and, and culture and story uh, to a lot more people and really to the next level. So uh, if you could talk a little bit about that, sort of what you and, and the board, what led you to to this decision to want to join up with American Trust, and, and really why uh, this is a good time to be thinking about that? Uh, sure. Well, thanks. So in terms of uh, timing, this is actually a relatively extensive process. It actually was about 16 months, started around May or so of 2019. And I was trying to uh, accomplish maybe five things at once, which of course is difficult, but I was keen for ways to be able to bring more services and more uh, features to our clients, looking at the resources that are needed as the industry uh, continues to consolidate. And there are certainly groups that are getting bigger. Uh, bigger does not necessarily mean better. It just means bigger. And yet uh, we need to be able to look at how we are able to offer ever-changing uh, you know, features and services and always maintaining you know, our focus on the outcomes of our clients. And so I was really looking, I would say probably for about five things. Um, I was looking for ways to be able to bring in more capital to build the things that our clients want to be able to see. 
I wanted to be able to certainly value uh, all the contributions our employees make, and I wanted to make sure that our employees uh, were taken care of and, and uh, maintained their positions and had a chance to grow. Uh, and then looking for like-minded partners that would put the interest of the client first, understand the importance of being a fiduciary, focus on always uh, protecting the interest of the client. Uh, and that took some time. We actually looked at uh, 200 potential opportunities. Uh, we hired a group of experts to kind of help us look at these things. Uh, we actually had 80 groups uh, that signed non-disclosure arrangements, and we did a very extensive vetting process over a number of months. Uh, and EDGECO and American Trust was the best choice in terms of maintaining fiduciary culture, having resources to, to help us uh, build things and features and, and products that our clients want to see, and also making sure that our uh, employees uh, were all, uh, you know, protected and, and maintained their position so they had a chance to uh, participate and to grow. And so it was very, very thoughtful, significant amount of time, and it, it lasted uh, more than a year. Uh, but I'm happy to say we were able to put all those things together and, and be able to make that happen so that uh, folks that are used to working with certain individuals at Unified uh, that they uh, trust, uh, those folks uh, will still be here. The fact that we always place our clients first will always still be here as well. And then being able to build more robust kind of processes and uh, applications. And as the industry changes, being able to adapt to that, we will now will be able to do that as well. So it kind of puts all those things together in terms of a comprehensive package. Excellent. Well, I, I heard a lot of different things there. You know, I heard really sort of maintaining the, the culture, maintaining certainly the, the employee base uh, as well was, was very, very important. And also the ability to, you know, leverage new resources, particularly with, with technology is, is, to your point, the industry is moving quickly and, and becoming much more digitized as we go. So, those things, uh, in terms of you being the best fit, those things are, are really what led uh, you and the board to say, um, this, is the, this is the right company to, to take our game to the next level. Would that be fair to say? Uh, yeah, very much so. And, yep. and one of the things that you touched on was you know, the employees and in the process uh, with, with American Trust that they wanted to make sure that that's not something that was going to be disrupted. You know, in fact, uh, I think what we've seen is that, you know, in the integration of this, and I know we're in the early stages, but in the, even in the integration of this, that many of our teams are actually picking up employees and, and certainly we're not losing any employees. So that's a very good indication that in terms of, you know, when you're going through this process and talking about it, you know, are your actions really following the words? And so far, I think uh, what we're seeing is those actions are absolutely true to, to what the expectation was. Yes, I believe so. And of course, we'll continue to monitor that, but that's certainly what we're seeing, you know, as we get started here. So one of the things that you, I think, have always said that has resonated with our employees here, and certainly as we tell the story to clients and prospects out there, uh, whether you're an individual or whether you're an institution, is if clients knew the right questions to ask, uh, that they would want to be in a trust company environment. 
And so it was important to really maintain that type of structure that we, you know, have today in joining forces with another trust company. So can you talk a little bit about that in terms of maintaining, you know, a trust charter and the fiduciary culture and, and also our importance on our fiduciary excellence and even going as far as to, to get certified for fiduciary excellence and, and have been for, for a number of years and, and how that's going to work going forward as well? Sure. So, you know, going back some 35 years ago, you know, when I started this in 1985, the idea was always uh, act in the best interest of the client. Now, a lot of folks will say that, but what really matters is what happens, you know, behind closed doors uh, when the customers can't see uh, what's going on. And, you know, we have a lot of wealth management clients. Those clients are very important to us. We have a lot of retirement plans. And what I always try to do right from the very beginning was to apply the highest standard of care to both groups. Uh, we do not get paid uh, from other sources. So we're always transparent about how we get paid. There are no you know, uh, hidden deals or hidden payments, which are so common in our industry, uh, which are prohibited on the ERISA side, uh, although some groups uh, you know, ignore that prohibition but they're still common on the wealth management side. And uh, we uh, have always avoided those as well. We've always had what's called a frost model of revenue neutrality. And we have tried to apply the best practices across the organization, across all the clients, whether or not they were required because best practices are called best practices for a reason. So that's kind of how we built the business and how it, it you know, uh, was different uh, 35 years ago, and it is still different today for the most part. Most groups have tried to avoid this. Uh, they try to look like they're doing it, but deep down, they don't want to. Uh, but we've always done it and embraced it, and uh, I think it's a big reason uh, that clients have been uh, so loyal to us uh, is, are those kinds of uh, principles that we've always followed. I completely agree, and I don't think there's any question. And as you know, we survey our clients uh, both on the retirement plan side and and the wealth management clients as well uh, every year, and and that is far and away the feedback that we receive from them that they buy us, they like us, they vote with their feet to come to Unified Trust uh, because of that, because of our uh, you know our culture of fiduciary first and and how we take that to another level here, and you know, and I. I've certainly learned that over the years in recruiting as well, uh, just uh, talking to other advisors out there. And, and when uh, they come from, from the shop that they're at and they think they, they're, they're at a good shop that, that always does the right thing uh, by the client, and then they come here and they always say the same thing, which is, wow, you guys really take this to a new level. And, and I'm, I believe that. I think uh, getting back to sort of the transition here, I mean, would you say it's a correct statement to say that that's probably what the best fit here is with why we uh, chose American Trust because they wanted us for that very thing, for that very culture that we, we would bring. Yes, uh, they understood it and, and they looked for that. There were a number of groups uh, as we went through the various lists that would be names that people would recognize from commercials they see on television or investment groups that they hear about that had absolutely no idea what a fiduciary was or why it was important to place the interest of the customer first. And uh, it was no more than a marketing slogan at best. And so we very quickly would scratch those off the list 
uh, because there would be a greatly different culture uh, than what we, you know, wanted to maintain. And, and American Trust uh, understands fiduciary, and, and it's important to them. So that was very important to us. It's not about being bigger for the sake of being bigger. Uh, we want to maintain the things that are really important, but be able to have some upgrades and some enhancements to technology uh, that are very expensive to produce uh, one at a time. Yes, and I know that the, the technology piece is something that we've certainly been working on and, and had a, a sort of a dedicated initiative to over these last two, three, four years. And and I believe uh, this is really going to allow us partnering with American Trust now is really going to allow us to roll those things out and maybe take those uh, enhancements uh, to a new level, certainly when it comes to, to retirement plan participants and, and uh, wealth management clients. And that's another piece of this that's been, uh, you know, talked about in, in the process as well and, and look forward to those enhancements in the future. So another thing that I wanted to ask you and, and people uh, question us about is uh, what is your role going to be in the new company? Yeah, it's a good question. So my role is to be able to provide kind of strategic direction, you know, c continued fiduciary thinking, uh, understanding, uh, you know, how we can help more clients. So kind of that strategy. I'm also uh, on the board. I'm a board member of American Trust Company. Uh, I plan to work full-time in this strategic role through the end of uh, 2021, through December of 2021. And then after that, I will remain an investor in this entire uh, organization and also on the board of American Trust Company. So I will still have an oversight and kind of strategic role in terms of uh, the direction that the trust company is trying to go. Which I think is, is very important that your influence here uh, has always sort of permeated the company and sort of embedded in our ethos. And that's what we're going to carry forward, obviously, in the, in the new entity as well. And it's very important, I think, that you're uh, always in the picture, certainly from that standpoint, whether it's at the board level, strategic vision, as a shareholder, uh, that you're going to you know continue to be in the future as well. And that piece of it for our employees, for our clients, I think that's important to maintain that continuity and and, uh, and your your influence over it because uh, it's such an important part of of who we are uh, for a number of years, obviously. And and so thank you for sharing that with us. And I guess let's stay on that uh, topic for a second. That means I think at some point here you're going to be retiring. You mentioned December 2021, and uh, would be sort of a, a little bit of a phase out for you still going to be involved, but uh, in terms of, you know, some of the more involved positions, day-to-day -day oversight, uh, maybe less so after, after that date. Would it be fair to say that you're uh, maybe transitioning into your own retirement at that point? And if you could tell us a little bit about that and maybe in that same uh, line of thinking, some wisdom and advice you might be able to impart on to our client that are maybe thinking about the same thing, going through the same decisions, or maybe have already made those uh, retirement decisions and, and are struggling with what to do now or, or how to occupy themselves or how to occupy their time. Yeah, uh, well, you know, we have many clients, both on the retirement side and the wealth management side, that are on track for retirement success and ultimately uh, to be able to retire successfully, uh, you 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 have to have saved enough, which means you have to live substantially below you know your means. Uh, we have a number of clients who we've been able to either 
that they were already doing that or we've been able to help them understand how important that is. It's kind of un-American to, to live below your means, uh, but if you want to be successful, uh, you do have to do that so you can save an adequate am amount of funds and then, you know, invest prudently so it has a chance to grow over time. And I'm glad to see we have a number of folks because of the unified plan and because of the unified income plan and the things we're doing, you know, they're going to be able to do that as well. So for me, you know, which is, I think, for a lot of our clients, it would be kind of a very similar thing, which is you've saved enough, you've invested prudently, and you have the adequate resources that you then can be freed up from having the financial concerns for the most part and be able to focus on the things that are uh, very meaningful. So things related to family, uh, certainly by the time you are you know, in retirement, uh, it's not just necessarily just children, but it's also grandchildren. Uh, what other organizations in town can you help, for example, I'm on the board of uh, God's Pantry, and we're very active in feeding a, a large uh, section of the population in central Kentucky. Uh, God's Pantry is going to distribute something like 43 million pounds of food this year to central Kentucky. So it's very active. Something like one in six uh, Kentuckians has uh, food insecurity, and so these things are important. Little in a little way to be able to um, you know give some oversight and help to make that be successful. Certainly, uh, matters of faith, working uh, with my church as an elder to uh, make sure that, uh, the spiritual mission is maintained. Things you know along those lines is so it frees up time for maybe they're not necessarily monetary activities, but they're uh, very important activities, whether it be family, whether it be organizations, whether it be faith, to have the resources then to be able to do that. So those are things I see as important, and we have a lot of clients in some form or fashion uh, looking to be able to do those things as well, and you know, still being able to contribute and having saved adequately so they have the resources to free up the time uh, to be able to work on all of these things. So uh, it's important to me, and I know it's important to a lot of our clients as well, to be able to end up in a position uh, to be able to contribute back along those lines. So it's, um, it's still uh, viewed as a very active time in terms of things uh, to continue to work on. Not to mention grandkids, right? you got a few of those. Yeah, seven grandkids. So um, <laughs> it was just at a little soccer practice uh, last night, so that was fun. You've been incredibly blessed, uh, no no question about it, and, and I'm excited uh, for you. And at some point in, here in the future is the increased time that you'll be able to have to focus on, on some of those things that you just mentioned there. So I want to shift gears a little bit to talking uh, about the industry. So, you know, you've taken a, for, you know, decades now, you know, you've taken an approach that is, is really kind of counter to to the industry in terms of how you've built uh, this this business and this company and, and and here we are and as i said you know i think we're doing that now and taking it to to more people and, and to the next level which is very exciting but embracing fiduciary liability is not something the industry has been really good at uh, usually they they run from it as quickly as possible historically so i just wanted to touch on you know, what do you feel like as sort of an industry visionary, what are the biggest challenges facing the financial services industry? And, and maybe also what, what you feel like the, the biggest opportunities are as well. 
Well, that's a great question. So it's kind of funny. You mentioned the term fiduciary liability and, and people kind of frame fiduciary status in terms of this unique liability that it presents. But actually, if you place the interest of the client first, uh, there is no fiduciary liability. Liability only comes from when you don't act on the best interest, on behalf of the best interest of the participant and use an expert standard of care. So it's it's because of the industry shortcuts or, or uh, you know, uh, kind of greed, if you will, in terms of how they want to be paid often secretly, that the whole idea of fiduciary liability comes up uh, in the first place. So the best decision I ever made was really from day one that we would always operate the company that placed the interest of the client first. And we've done that for 35 years. And, uh, you know, uh, there really isn't much liability when you do that. It's when you don't do that, that the liability has become so worrisome. So what what are the problems facing the industry? Well, in a certain sense, they're the same as when I started 35 years ago, is that the industry is really much more adversarial to the customer than the customer understands. And that the trust environment, the fiduciary environment is really, you know, the the, the spot where most clients would be in the United States if they knew how to ask the right questions, but, but you know, but often they don't. I would say one of the biggest challenges <clears throat> to uh, our clients in the industry are, you know, to a certain extent, unfortunately, things we can't control, which is where is COVID, uh, you know, pandemic going, what is happening to uh, the financial stability of the United States, what is happening when the federal government prints a trillion dollars of money every 30 days. These are things we've never seen before, and they're going to impact uh, all of us uh, in ways that we still don't quite understand. So that's a problem facing all of us. Uh, but probably the biggest challenge facing people is still adequately preparing for retirement. Studies show probably less than half of Americans are going to be adequately prepared for retirement. Part of that is kind of the American marketing system, which tries to get people to live above their means and, and not save enough money. We can build structures which allow people to comfortably save enough money without really giving up too much of their lifestyle, you know, and prudently managing that for them, like we do in the unified plan and in the unified income plan, then we can have most people be successful, you know, even though there are these other kind of large pressures out there that kind of work against that. So we'll keep doing what we've always done, which is, uh, you know, put the interests of the client first, uh, act in their best interest, uh, invest prudently for them, get, you know, build structures where they can have adequate savings. And those people who do those things are going to be better off uh, than the, the majority of people that don't do those things. And we wish everybody, you know, in the country would do these things uh, and we will make our efforts to get as many people to be successful as we can. So, again, you know, when we look at uh, combining with American Trust, you know, is it somehow just want to be ever bigger? And it really isn't about wanting to be bigger. Uh, it is maintaining the things that make a difference, uh, you know, and still being able to bring more resources, but yet not losing the things that were able to make the difference. You know, the things that made the difference were putting the interest of the client first and investing prudently using an expert standard of care. 
those things, uh, you know, are never going to go out of fashion, even if most places don't really do that. Those that do, you know, are going to have their customers, you know, be better off. That's what we have tried to do here is to maintain that. So, uh, yes, there's challenges out there, but we will keep doing the things that we know that make a difference. We've got 35 years of history of those things making a difference. They're kind of time tested and we will maintain them. You know, I think I heard you mention uh, more than once there, you know, uh, investing prudently. One of the things that attracted me to Unified Trust, uh, you know, 15, over 15 years ago is is that it was a committee type of approach. And this, this speaks to fiduciary best practices and your culture of trying to always employ best practices in every account, every time. And we've always taken that committee approach here. It's it's not a one person is your investment manager. You're, you have your advisor, certainly, that you're working with primarily who's doing financial planning for you and looking at your financial situation holistically, whether it's an individual or, or certainly an organization as well. But in terms of the delivery of the investment strategy and the, and the prudence of that has always been determined by a committee. It's always been eight or nine minds are better than one. It's not been, just been one person saying, well, here's what I think you should do. And, and then, you know, walking down 15 feet to the next person's office and they have a different idea. We're all on the same page. It's all that committee uh, driven approach uh, in terms of the investment philosophy, how we're going about constructing that for our clients. And, and uh, I think what I heard you say is that, you know, that's something that was also a, a very important part of maintaining the transparency of that, obviously, as well, in terms of putting in investments in, in a client's portfolio that don't have anything to do with benefiting us, but it's just certainly for the best interest of the client and then passing through any type of uh, revenue sharing payments that, that we might uh, receive from a fund company to sell their fund. We don't, we don't keep those. We pass those through because we're again, completely unbiased and employ those fiduciary best practices. And what I'm hearing you say, those are all things that were, that were discussed. We're not changing. Those are things that are, that are moving forward as unified trust becomes American trust. Yes. And I hope, and again, it's very important to understand the idea of an investment committee. You, you're hundred percent right. 10 minds are better than one. And what's also important is that uh, you don't get into, uh, you know, groupthink where everybody feels they have to say the same thing because they don't want to uh, appear to be uh, different. And there's great studies of the problems of groupthink, uh, great studies, you know, of Lyndon Johnson's uh, work during the Vietnam War. And people had different ideas, but they would all say the same thing because they didn't want to you know, feel like they were the outlier. And one of the things we've always tried to do on the investment committee is that everybody has a vote. Everybody is free to give, uh, you know, their opinions. It is really not dominated by any one person. And that free exchange of ideas on a, you know, kind of equal footing prevents, I think, groupthink and where people, they just kind of uh, check the box because, uh, they don't want to be seen as uh, the outlier or, or, or being different. So it's it's important to have 10 minds, but it's more important that the 10 minds can actually feel free uh, to, to speak. And we've always tried to maintain that openness, that dialogue, you know, respectful dialogue that's been very integral to how we've been able to uh, grow and, uh, you know, come up with new ways to uh, to serve our clients. So that's that will be maintained and that's that's a very important part of that absolutely yeah and and uh of course clients always want to know uh hey uh what about our fees 
Are fees changing? Are they going up? Could they be going down? Uh, you know, as you as you go through a transaction like this, you know, uh, you know, change is inevitable. And so far, I mean, obviously, uh, we've had uh, nothing but very positive interactions. But you know, I'm sure there's going to be at some point there'll there'll be some things that are that are painful or or what have you. But uh, you know, I know that uh, from a client perspective, they're going to want to know. Well, okay, you've reassured me that a, that a lot of things, a lot of the sort of the core tenants and essential elements of of unified trust are staying the same, but Am I, is my bill going to go up? You know, that's probably a question that uh, we're going to get a lot and, and have already gotten. Uh, so uh, do you have thoughts or can you speak to that? You know, uh, yes. And, uh, you know, there's no uh, intention to uh, raise people's bills. We believe by having more resources, we can bring more product and more processes, <coughs> excuse me, to them. Uh, but one of the things that was part of my agreement that while I'm operating here, um, that if any if there's any proposed uh, fee increases that I have to approve them and so I certainly don't have any uh, thought that I can see clients fees going up so I think that is something that clients uh, really uh, do not have to worry about good good well thank you for for clarifying that for us as well um, well, I think this has been an incredibly productive uh, conversation and, and hopefully very very productive for our listeners uh, to hear and and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to, to us about this. And it's a very exciting time in the, in the history of our company right now. And, and we're looking forward to taking this, uh, what we've been able to build here, what, what you started 30 over 30 years ago and have maintained and, and, and grown to really an exceptional company to really taking that to the next level here. So appreciate you taking the time uh, with me to, to talk about that for our listeners. And is there any uh, parting thoughts that you want to share before we sign off here? Well, I, I appreciate the interview. I hope maybe get a chance to do it again sometime. And I feel comfortable that we are maintaining a path that leaves our clients in good hands. All right. Well, thank you so much, Greg. And and yes, I, I think so too. And and yeah, let's do this a, a, a few more times. Okay. It's always nice to, to have you on this. And after two and a half years, it was time, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glad to do it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Greg. And, okay. Uh, thank you all for tuning in and, and we'll see you next time.